Welcome to Improve HF Podcast. Listen tips to improve heart health from the experts. Hi, I am Dr. Supri Chopra. I'm a chiropractic surgeon from Delhi, Chhattisgarh. Um, I'm going to be speaking about heart failure today. Uh, a lot of people are scared uh, thinking about this term heart failure because they feel that probably the heart has stopped functioning. It is basically a clinical term, a medical term that that is used in the medical fraternity, and it is described by a clinical syndrome, which is because which happens because of any abnormality in the function or the structure of the heart. What is happening in the body is when the heart, because of its inefficient functioning, uh, it is not able to meet body's requirement, oxygen requirements, and metabolic needs. At the tissue level, oxygen starts to decrease there is an oxygen depreciation and uh, after this neurohormonal signals are activated and because of which symptoms start to appear and the doctors pick up those symptoms and diagnose the patient as heart failure the main symptoms that are noted are breathing difficulty initially the breathing difficulty starts to occur during ordinary activity and as the disease progresses uh, it is happening in less than ordinary activity also, at rest also, and then start, the patient starts to feel this breathlessness even on lying down. The second most important feature is swelling in the feet and abdominal distension, which is happening because of volume overload and accumulation of fluid. Another one is lethargy and tiredness and exercise intolerance. In India, most common cause of heart failure in adults is coronary artery disease, which is actually blockages in the coronary arteries. Coronary arteries are the vessels, the arteries of heart. The next most common cause of heart failure is rheumatic heart disease. Rheumatic heart disease is a disease which affects valves of the heart. There are four valves, and out of these four valves, mitral valve, aortic valve, and then lastly, the tricuspid valve, these are the ones which are affected. The third most common cause in India is hypertension, that is high blood pressure and diabetes. Another one which is uh, quite prevalent is cardiomyopathy. This cardiomyopathy can happen because of infections like H1N1, pneumonia or COVID-19. Because of these infections, the heart starts to get weakened. Uh, this is called myocarditis, which is happening. And this leads to cardiomyopathy. The other causes of cardiomyopathy are diabetes, hypertension, and sometimes in Females who have delivered, just delivered, they start to have weakening of this heart muscle, which causes cardiomyopathy. Other causes are arrhythmia. Arrhythmia is irregular heartbeat. Obesity, that is overweight. And thyroid disease, consumption of alcohol, cocaine consumption, and also anabolic steroids. These are also a few causes of cardiomyopathy. Other causes are cancer treatment, thiamine deficiency. Thiamine is a vitamin D uh, deficiency and iron accumulation. So these are the causes of cardiomyopathy. Now, diabetes and uh, hypertension. These are uh, one of the most common non-communicable diseases which are, uh, which are prevalent in India and worldwide as well. India is, is started uh, to emerge as diabetes capital of the world. In diabetes, what happens is that a lot of advanced glycolated end products with these start to form, they start to get deposited in the heart muscle, and then thereby the heart muscle gets weakened and causes heart failure.
Another phenomenon uh, that is ha happening in diabetes is that it causes blockages in the heart vessels, which are called coronary artery disease, and uh, thereby it causes heart attack and heart attack causes heart failure. So these are the two phenomena that are happening in diabetes. In hypertension also, the heart muscle starts to weaken, and uh, the other phenomenon that is happening is that it causes direct affection of the heart vessels, uh, which causes blockages and later heart attack and heart failure. We have to note that 63% uh, of deaths in the, in the country and worldwide are because of non-communicable diseases. And out of all of these, 27% are the cardiovascular diseases. And 45% uh, of cardiovascular uh, diseases are happening in the age group of 40 to 59 years of age. And the main causes uh, of uh, uh, this mortality is diabetes and hypertension. Now coming to what all investigations are done in heart failure. Once a patient comes to us, the first investigation that is done is ECG. ECG may we see a lot of rhythm abnormalities, heartbeat abnormalities, and we also come to know whether there is any angina or any heart attack that is going on or not. The most common arrhythmia or heartbeat irregularity that we uh, notice in heart failure is atrial fibrillation. The second um, important test that we do is X-ray of chest. In X-ray of chest, we notice the uh, ratio of heart to the chest diameter. And uh, also we see, look at the lungs, whether they are congested or not. So we get a fair amount of idea as to whether this uh, patient is having any heart failure or not. Another important one is sonography of heart, which is called echocardiography. We see uh, there is any abnormality of the structure or the chambers or valves or any congenital disorders like holes in, in the septum like VSD um, or ASD and the function of the heart. So these are the features that we look at in the echocardiography to obtain a diagnosis. If we feel that uh, uh, there is any suspicion of any coronary artery disease in this particular patient, we can advise coronary angiography of, as well in that patient. Um, other tests that are done are cardiac CT and MRI, but they can be done as per the demand of the situation, if the patient, uh, if it's in indicated. Now, uh, when a patient is coming to us uh, with breathing difficulty, how do we differentiate between uh, whether it's because of any lung disease or because of any cardiac disease? You see, a clinical examination and medical history that we obtain from the patient are very important. And this gives a fair amount of idea whether this is because of any lung cause or heart cause. There are other tests, blood tests also, which are done, which are called biochemical markers in the blood, like BNP and NT-proBNP, which give us an idea as to uh, the cause of this breathlessness is because of heart failure. Now, BNP has to be more than 100, and NT-proBNP has to be more than 400 to achieve this diagnosis of heart failure. Then uh, coming to how heart failure is treated. See, uh, we treat the patients of heart failure based on the stage that they, that they come in, that they present uh, to us in. Uh, in stage one, it's, it's, the stages are divided into one, two, three, four. In stage one, risk factors are present. Risk factors like the patient is uh, hypertensive, diabetic, and um, has got a very strong family history and uh, has got a stressful life, is the physical activity is low, 
is a tobacco and gusta consumer, alcohol consumer. So all of these things, all of this is uh, from the history side. So all of this is uh, giving us a fair amount of uh, uh, idea whether this patient is at risk or not. Also, we do certain blood investigations to assess the risk of that patient. So if that patient is at risk, cholesterol is high, BP is high, we have to control all of these risk factors which, which, can be, which are modifiable. The um, antihypertensives that we use are usually ACE inhibitors, ARBs, and beta blockers at this stage. As the disease keeps progressing and it reaches stage three or four, the patient has started to become more and more symptomatic. And when the patient reaches stage four, it is called refractory heart failure on optimal medication. So uh, at the stage when the patient is highly symptomatic, diuretics they play a very good role, major role. Uh, diuretics actually can remove excess uh, of fluid from the body and also improve heart function. Uh, patients also uh, require to do some restriction in the fluid intake as well. The, apart from diuretics, we also give ACE inhibitors, ARBs and beta blockers that I've already mentioned. There's another novel therapy that we are using nowadays, and that is salsartan and sequibitril combination. And this combination has uh, shown good uh, mortality benefit in patients who have heart pumping, that is injection fraction, below 35%. And it has almost replaced ACE inhibitors in the practice. There are some patients who have heart failure and also have tachycardia and low ejection fraction, and digoxin can, can also be used in these patients. But Digoxin has to be used based on the uh, ACG and KFT and sodium and potassium uh, reports. The next level of treatment is device therapy. When all of this has not helped the patient and the patient is not having symptomatic relief, device therapy is the next step to go for. Then what is the device therapy? The device therapy is, uh, there are various kinds. Before that, I have to also mention about irregular heartbeats causing heart failure. So irregular heartbeats are mentioned as arrhythmias. And they're very common. More than 50% of heart failure patients have arrhythmias. And the most common arrhythmia that is noted is atrial fibrillation. The next common is the ventricular arrhythmia. Ventricular arrhythmias can be of two types. If they are occurring as a single ectopic beat, they're called ventricular premature contraction, that is VPC. The other type is the more, life, uh, more dangerous one, and that is life-threatening also, which is called ventricular tachycardia or ventricular fibrillation, VT or VF. Now, this is happening because after a heart attack, that particular uh, part, that particular portion of the heart muscle, which has got affected, starts to go dead and later forms a scar. And the portion around that scar is highly irritable in the first few months. And this particular area starts to get, you know, uh, because of high irritability, starts to get short circuits around those foci. And because, because of these uh, short-circuiting foci, ventricular arrhythmias are triggered. That is uh, VT and VF, and they are life-threatening also. Because of which, this VT and VF, the effective pumping of the heart uh, gets highly reduced. And the blood flow to brain also falls, and the patient can fall unconscious. There could be sudden loss of consciousness, and the patient can also die. And the treatment of these arrhythmias can be in three ways. The first 
first way is to remove the cause. That is to treat the cause. If it is happening because of coronary artery disease, you have to treat that with angioplasty or CABG. If it is happening because of hypertension, you have to control that. If there is any electrolyte imbalance, we have to treat that. The other way to treat is through medicines. We give beta blockers and other antiarrhythmics, which control the irregular heartbeat and control the rate. Another method is radiofrequency ablation, that is RFA. It is a procedure, it's a procedure just like angiography and a wire is sent inside the heart vessel. And once this wire reaches that particular area, which is highly irritable, and it is identified on, on the monitor, we give heat and ablate that particular area. So the, so the patient starts to get some materials from arrhythmia. Then now we come to electrical therapy of heart failure. Electrical therapy is given in patients who have left bundle branch block and heart failure along with it. The patient undergoes um, echo uh, cardiography. That is a test that I've already told you about. And uh, there are certain parameters that are assessed in echocardiography. If the patient is a good candidate for electrical therapy, then we go ahead with the, the electrical therapy. What is that? That is called CRT. Full form of CRT is cardiac desynchronization therapy. It is just like a pacemaker. It is a three-chambered biventricular pacemaker. And uh, after this treatment, around 70 to 80% of patients find relief from heart failure. Now, what is the role of surgery in heart failure? In patients who are not eligible for CRT or in whom CRT has not provided energy from the symptoms, this patient is sent for heart failure surgery if he, if he is a good candidate. There are certain parameters which are seen. There have been a lot of techniques that have evolved in the past uh, in heart failure. It had started with cardiac myoplasty, then uh, Batista procedure, and then finally, the most popular one was DOT procedure. This was a procedure where the geometry of the heart was changed through surgery. Now, because it was ge uh, geometrically remodeled surgery, this was quite popular and was successful also. In this particular surgery, what happens is that, uh, see, in heart failure, the heart gets dilated and it becomes globular ball-like shape. In this particular surgery, in DOS procedure, we make the the structure of the heart in such a way that it, that it is conical and it is as close to the original uh, structure of the heart. And if the heart muscle is so poor that it cannot be used even for geometric remodeling surgery, then mechanical hearts are used. Now, what are mechanical hearts? Mechanical hearts are assist devices. They are assisting the chambers of the heart in proper functioning. For example, LVADs and BIVADs. LVADs are left ventricular assist devices and BIVADs are the biventricular assist devices. They are of three major types. The first one that came in June 2000 was Jarvik 2000 and it was made in Texas Heart Institute. The other one that came in September 2000 itself was HeartMate device. This is one of the most uh, popular devices and the HeartMate, it started with HeartMate 1 and now 2 and 3 are also there available. Uh, another device is hardware. If for some reason that cannot be used, mechanical heart cannot be used, heart transplant is the only option left for these patients. Although heart transplant is the gold standard, but it has some limitations. 
The limitations are donor and recipient mismatch. There are unseen number of recipients, unseen number of patients who are waiting for transplant, but donors are very few. We have to understand that donor is can only be a patient who is brain dead. So that's one of the limitations. The second one is that it requires a major infrastructure and facility. So not all facilities, not all hospitals can uh, do this heart transplantation. In heart failure surgery, actually heart transplant is a gold standard, but we unfortunately cannot do it because of these reasons. And that is why, because of this gap, because of this donor and recipient mismatch, we had to fill this gap with the devices that came into being, which were LVARs and VIRs. Now, how do we decide whether the patient will go for a mechanical heart or a heart transplant? Uh, it clearly is based on the clinical condition of the patient. If the patient is stable and can be kept on medical therapy for some time, and the patient can wait for heart transplant, then the patient's name is put on the recipient list of heart transplant patients. And uh, there is an organization called NOTO, that is National Organ and Tissue Transplant Organization. The uh, recipient's uh, name is uploaded in that, and the donors are distributed through an agency. When heart is available for that particular recipient, heart transplant is done. But some patients are not that stable. They cannot wait for that long. They are highly symptomatic. They cannot wait for that uh, transplant, so the devices are used. Devices are used either as destination therapy or bridge to transplant. Now, what is bridge to transplant? It means that this patient is actually planned for heart transplant. But because of some clinical condition, uh, the clinical condition, he cannot wait for the transplant and is being given the device therapy. After heart transplant, the, uh, if, if the transplant is successful, the quality of life is much better as compared to what it was for the patient before because the heart uh, that is put into that uh, recipient is of, of a normal structure and function. The only issue that we are having after transplantation is that the patient has to be on immunosuppressants. Now, immunosuppressants are the medicines that are given to suppress the immunity, and they are given because there is a high chance that the body of the recipient will reject the heart. So in order to prevent that rejection, we have to give immunosuppressants. But the downside of the immunosuppressants is that the patient is more prone to infection. So we have to be extra careful and uh, that the patient is not uh, you know, uh, allowed to uh, meet a lot of people. The patient has to keep uh, hygiene and to, uh, and to uh, observe hygiene. So all of these things are important. And follow-up is also good. The follow-up, what happens is initially the patient is given uh, immunosuppressants and then later, the, slowly the doses are reduced. And then after six months of therapy, we have this maintenance therapy. In this particular stage, the doses of immunosuppressants are reduced to a bare minimum. But still, the patient has to keep hygiene into concern and also he can have a normal lifestyle even after that. These medicines have to be taken lifelong because even if you miss for one day, it can be dangerous for you. There is a high chance of the body rejecting this heart. Follow-up is also very good. Uh, usually, like it starts with uh, one, uh, the immediately after surgery, first follow-up is done, then monthly follow-ups are done. And then after six months, three monthly follow-ups are done. Regular blood tests and immunosuppressant levels are done in the blood. These, these are the tests that have to be taken into consideration. Biopsies are also uh, done very regularly. 
uh, first biopsy is done after one month, then after six months, then yearly biopsies. These biopsies are done because, see, when a patient of heart transplant starts to reject heart, his or her heart, heart, it's very difficult to pick up clinically. We have to actually uh, pick up the rejection at a tissue level at a much earlier stage so that we can we can take appropriate action. This follow-up has to be lifelong, and uh, the results of heart transplant are good and much better. There are newer medicines that have come in the world uh, which have reduced the chances of rejection. So on the whole, we have come to know about the heart failure, uh, how, how uh, heart failure uh, uh, happens, what are the causes, and uh, how we can prevent them, and uh, how the treatment is done, what, what are the various modalities of treatment and the, uh, the follow-up. So, Today, in this particular age, in this particular era, after so many decades of trial and error, we have reached a stage where we can very successfully handle heart failure and heart attacks and all of that. But we have to also consider that because cardiovascular diseases are the most common diseases and are endemic in our nation and also worldwide, we have to take care of uh, all the uh, risk factors of this heart of this heart failure.